Welcome to Spiritually Fierce, the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Ricky Jane Adams, principal and founder of the Institute for Intuitive Intelligence and creator of the Spiritually Fierce movement. Spiritually Fierce is not just a phrase. It is a movement of awakening consciousness of which we are all a part, if we want to be. In each episode, we'll explore what it means to be spiritually fierce, how to become it, and why it is the revolution in consciousness that will save the world. Join me and my fierce guests for deep conversations on spirituality beyond the trinkets and superstitions of the new age that will support you to increase your power to serve. Welcome everyone to Spiritually Fierce, the podcast, and I am here with my next guest, the beautiful Alicia Temmerman. Do you use the, is it Dume? Is that part of the full name? Yeah, I just actually reclaimed my maiden name recently. Yeah. yeah. And I'm saying that right? Yeah, Dume. Dume. Yeah. Is it French? Strangely, it's Indonesian. Oh, gorgeous. But it may have been somewhere French a long time ago. It's a great name. I love the reclaiming. I get yeah, it's just beautiful. So Alicia is a spirit channeler and has been a lawyer for almost 20 years. Funnily enough, the second lawyer that I've interviewed today. Oh, <laughs> um, you are married to Mark, a tradie from North England. So that'll be a glorious accent mm-hmm. and have four children together live in Melbourne, just 25 minutes from me. We've just realized. You are the founder of the Global Soul Center, and your work is to help people, particularly women, to learn about their energy, to have more enjoyment and vibrancy, and to remember who they really are, infinite, eternal beings of light. You discovered you are a channeler in March 2012 as you were hanging out the washing. I think we need to hear that story. (laughs) And the book we're going to be focusing on today is Pure Energy, The Busy Woman's Energy Guide to Thrive. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. And we get straight in, didn't we? Like we, I was like, we have to stop talking because we haven't hit the record button yet. (laughs) I feel like there's lots to cover, but tell me about the book. Let's start there. What does your book cover? Oh, thank you so much. So the book is very much around bringing us back to sacred living, back to presence, because this modern world, I think we could all agree that we've just gone a little bit too far in the busyness. And even when I chose the title of the book, part of me was like, oh, I can't call it busy woman because I'm trying to move away from this. But yet these are the women that I'm wanting to reach because I felt like so many conversations I was having Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm so busy. Oh, I'm so busy. We're so busy, so busy, so busy. And so I'm really just wanting to bring us back to slow us down amongst this busy, little bit frenzied modern life and bring us back to our centre, bring us to presence throughout the days to be able to, even when we have a full life and we have you know, lots of different things going on, but to help women to have the tools to be able to just punctuate their day with coming back into awareness, coming back into presence, 
to stop the autopilot because that was me. I was on that autopilot life of just, just spinning my wheels, chasing my tail, and I wasn't really connected. I wasn't living. I was just surviving. And now having changed everything about the way that I live, I want to be able to share as many tools for women to be able to connect back with their inner temple. Yeah. So I have to ask them, was this moment of transformation anything to do with hanging out the washing and figuring out you're a channel? Or what was the catalyst for you making the changes that you then share in the book? So the catalyst was prior to the washing line experience. (laughs) So I'll take you back to maybe about 2010. Mm -hmm. So at this time, I'm a mum of two little kids. And I had maybe a three and a five year old at that stage, if I'm doing my maths right on my kid's birthday. (laughs) Who knows? I'm not great on detail. But I had a moment where I'd been working at a big law firm for 10 years, busting my butt, like really just going hard and missing out, I think, on pretty much my 20s (laughs) because I was like locked in the Rialto uh, working crazy hours. And then trying to do that and be a mum was really challenging because I wanted to do everything really well, but I knew that I was struggling to do anything well. And I know a lot of your listeners will relate to that where you just feel like you're not doing anything well and you're stretched everywhere. And I had a moment where my boy was having tummy pains and I took him to a doctor to get an ultrasound. And this was my wake up call. And also your listeners can probably relate to sometimes where you just have something. It's like, I cannot keep going how I've been going. And so he was having tummy pains. My, my, little, my little girl was running around and wasn't listening to anything I said. And it was, you know, those embarrassing parenting moments where everyone's <laughs> looking at you like, can you control your children? And I'm like, no, I can't. I'm hopeless. I'm useless, you know. Um, and, and then I had this other part of me saying, I don't have time for this. I need to get back to work. Because at this point, I'd gone into a government job to try and get a bit more work-life balance. So I I went from a part-time role in law firm to a full-time role in government. I dropped my salary $30,000 trying to find balance. I ended up with a bigger job, less money. It was just crazy. And and then there was this part of me saying, I don't have time to be here, right? Just get this sorted, fix, you know, da-da-da-da. And then I just felt this kind of slap across my face almost energetically was like what are you doing you desperately wanted to be a mum you're here with these gorgeous little creatures and you're saying you don't have time to be here when your kid needs you yeah like seriously Alicia what are you doing and then that was kind of some ugly crying and it was one of those I got back into the car and I was like oh I'm just I'm a terrible mum and And uh, that was the moment where I'm like, I can't continue. I just can't keep doing this. And so that's when I started to get back into my meditation, into my journaling, into I'd studied kind of Reiki and Qigong and I'd been interested in spirituality since I was a teenager, Uh, but I'd fallen away and I'd lost my way. Uh, So it's a long answer to your question, but it ended up being that I started to get back in touch with myself. I was always interested in angels. Yeah. 
And I had angel numbers that were following me everywhere, right? You know, uh, it's ridiculous. Like you can't make this stuff up. You know, your head's just getting pulled everywhere you go. I get the same number. Here's the ticket. Here's the this, here's the that. Uh, and so that led me to a shaking meditation class. Yeah. I had just quit my job. I decided I'm going out on my own. I'm starting my own legal business. Uh, and even though we had no money in the bank to back us up, <laughs> but I was like, I just can't work for anyone anymore. <laughs> and I went to a shaking meditation class and I had this crazy experience where my body started moving by itself. Mm. And very systematically, it was kind of like one hand was doing one thing and then one hand, and I was kind of looking around at everyone in the class thinking, are they all doing this? Uh, what's going on? And that then led to a couple of weeks later, I was hanging out the washing Hills hoist in Melbourne, probably no shoes on, feet in the grass. And I had this crazy experience where I have a voice start talking to me, but using my voice. (laughs) And so I have this, I am, I am, I am maybe 30 times and then finally breaks through. It's like a masculine sounding tone coming through my vocal cords. And then this voice breaks through, says, I am Goenga. I am your father spirit guide and I'm here to remind you what you are here to do on earth Mm -hmm. to help people remember who they truly are, that we are all one and to help people to understand the laws of energy. Yeah. And and then over time I had other energies come through different mannerisms, different vocal tones, Mm -hmm. different languages. So it was pretty crazy. And I told about six people for six years. Wow. Because, you know, you're a lawyer, right? You're a successful career woman and mother and live in a certain kind of life. And suddenly yeah. you're now channeling energies. Correct. Yeah. So Correct. what did you do? You know, obviously the book is has come out of that and part of what mm. you're, you, I mean, not necessarily addressing things uh, around the channeling so much, but this is a whole life change. This is the moment where you're going that way and suddenly you're going that way. Like, yes. what did you do in that time and how did it lead you to the point where you're like, I need to write a book and share this with others? Mm, mm. So a lot of information was flowing through. Yeah. And so I was just kind of getting it in front of the computer yeah. uh, and typing lots of things were coming through, but I didn't know what was I going to do with these words? Yeah. Uh, I, am I going to publish this anonymously? because I haven't told people I'm not out of the closet. Yeah, yeah. How is this going to work? And so originally it started very much with the writing phase being, and I believe everyone has these same pools, right? Everyone has so much to share. And so just to pick up the pen, get in front of the computer and just start pouring it out of you. Yeah. And I guess the benefit in with the channeling was that I didn't have to overthink it. And I think that's where maybe some people can get us out. We can get ourselves into a trap of, Oh, I've got nothing to say. I've got nothing to share, but everyone does. And so it's really just starting. So those listeners that are like, Oh, I just don't know where to start. It's like, just start, just start, just grab the pen. Yeah. the computer and just start flowing it out and I think one of the best things that some advice I got was just write as if no one's ever going to read it yeah just 
drop the judgment about our own selves about what it is yeah and so that I think helped because I was very much just pouring it out thinking I'm never no one's ever going to read this yeah yeah so that gave that freedom to just let Mm. it be what it was so then at what point did you go okay I actually Mm. need to out myself. I need to put this into Mm. the world Mm. because obviously that first message told you exactly you're here for others and you Mm. can't be Mm -hmm. hiding and be there. So what, what got you to the point where you're like, I'm doing this? Yes. Okay. So I was at a conference in Vegas and Mel Robbins. (laughs) Yeah. So Mel Robbins, uh, Mm -hmm. five second rule. She was a main stage speaker. Yeah. And she just kind of hit me. I just felt her saying, you know, just get over yourself, people. Five, four, three, two, one. You know what you've got to do. Yeah. So just do it. Yeah. And so then I went back to my hotel room and I got my phone and I pressed record and I told the washing line story into my camera. Uh, And then I had to come home and have a conversation with my husband to say, hey, I'm I'm ready. I'm coming out of the closet now. Yeah. Which wasn't easy because he was a Jehovah's Witness for a long time. Wow. Right. Okay. And did he know up to then what was going on with you? Like, had you shared that? Yes and no. I had kind of tried to, but it was so for him, the way that he had, I guess, been indoctrinated. For yeah. him, it was really scary stuff and that I'm potentially playing with energies that are bad for us. And I want to say now that I've never had anything negative. I've only had gorgeous gorgeous messages um, come through so that was a conversation and so then I put that video on my face on my personal profile so if I do something you might be a bit like this if I do something I'm kind of like I'm in I'm I'm not (laughs) I'm not half I'm just I'm I'm going out and I'm so I put that on my personal page saying hey most of you don't know this about me wow my story I have I have to, I can't hold this anymore. I've been able to create a really great life for me, but it's time now that I get over myself and start to share. And so that's, that's how it happened. And then once I was out in the, out of the closet, then I was like, okay, I'll go back to those words. I had about 60,000 words that yeah. I put down, but then what I did, I started again. Yeah. So then I just got a blank piece um, well computer I opened up a blank yeah. document I'd like to say I had a typewriter and it was <laughs> no <laughs> no it's gonna slow you down exactly so then I started again weaving my story through because I was now out of the closet yeah. and so I then pulled across kind of pieces it was almost like uh, a lot of the work I've done as a lawyer has been as a workplace investigator yeah. where I've had to like write little mini decisions yeah. so and that was very much pulling different pieces and evidence and all of this jazz so yeah. it was almost like you know how things make sense backwards yeah absolutely <laughs> so that that work and I guess discipline is yeah. one thing that is really required to write a book and is required for spiritual life yeah I could not agree more and I love that you've hit on that because you know, that energy of channeling, as you said, those words on page, that is beautiful. It's profound. It often feels like you're high for me, like it's so, so luscious and gorgeous to be in that energy. 
but the work, the spiritual sweat that's required mm. to then turn that into something useful and uh, something you can share in a way that will convert hearts and minds, that takes that inner discipline. Mm. And I think we often, especially in the spiritual world, think it's all just going to be like that beautiful, like I'm just in flow. <laughs> and it's like some days you got to sit down and do it even if you don't want to. Yes. And the balance is so vital and it's it's come up in a few conversations so i love that you've shared it mm. and the 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 absolute preciousness of not getting rid of anything like keeping those words because you don't know when they're going to be needed and mm. not just going oh well if they don't have a function i'll just delete that file like mm. if you're channeled you keep it you know it's one day going to have a place mm. yeah i love that so yes. how do you approach that now are you i i guess the question is do you see yourself as a writer? Is that something in your job title? <laughs> it's so interesting you asked me this because I was just away camping with my family and that I, I've been skirting around it. I've been avoid, I've been not wanting to claim it, but I just said to my husband, Mark, I'm a writer <laughs> and I'm going to be writing books. Like yeah. that's what I'm going to be doing. And I've known for, from when I was a little girl that that is what I'm going to be doing and there are going to be many many more books coming yeah and that's where I'm going to fo I'm really going to focus on yeah. doing that but I've only just been prepared to actually acknowledge that because I think there's still this ego part of us that says who are you to say that you are uh, a writer that you can just you know swan around the world and write books and it's like well do you know what that's what I want to do I want to yeah. swan around the world and I want to write books. Do it. Well, I couldn't think of a better way to live life either. And I, I love that, that idea of being able to claim it and to then honor that claim and honor that commitment, which means that you need to write and you need to show up and you need to mm. you know, keep that process going because it's, uh, you know, it, it's one thing to say it, it's another thing to do it. And that's, that's the work, right? Like that discipline mm. to show up to God and, and be that vehicle for whatever needs to be burst into the world. Mm, yes, which is still scary. Like still, even as I say it, I think, oh my God, you know, because there's so many other things that distract us. Yeah. And it does, just absolutely takes that priority. What's the word? Making it a priority yeah. to make sure that each day that I'm going to really start to put my butt down <laughs> and stop with all the things that are fun and easy to distract us. But some th interesting things happen along the way where it was kind of tested me a little bit, not that spirit tests us, but there was one moment where I, I thought I lost all the manuscript. And it was just this moment. I think I'd transferred across to a, a computer and it was just gone. Absolute, it just was the weirdest thing. It was actually just disappeared. And it was wow. And for it was just this moment where it's like, how much do you want this leash? Yeah. How much do you really want it? You know, just in you don't we don't even really realize until things are taken from us. And we can so easily be complacent with life. Yeah. And it was that moment was like, oh my gosh, yes, I want to give this to the world. I want to put it out. But even then, once I'd written it all. And this for your listeners who are wanting to write books, mm. know that it might be normal that right at the foot of you're about to go and publish, yeah. I was like, do I have to? <laughs> do, I have, do I actually have to put it out? Like, I've, you know, I've, I know I've done it, I've written it, but do I, 
do I actually have to? So it's yeah. almost like the birth, it's literally that birthing process where you're about to give birth and you decide you don't want to anymore. No, this is too hard. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally remember that in, in transition. I'm like, nope, done now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to highlight that in case any of your listeners are at that point where they feel like they're ready to birth it and then they start backpedaling. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's part of the creative process generally, right? Like there is all that kind of heightened energy as you're creating. And then, yeah, when it's like the rubber hits the road, it's going to, there's this sense of, whoa, this vulnerability of mm. being witnessed or, or seen in, in that way. And you can't control it once it's outside of you, right? Yes. I wanted to ask you about uh, the publication process for you. How yes. did you decide to publish? Was it yourself publishing or what, what was the choice you made there? Yes. So I self-published. I didn't actually even attempt to get it in front of any publishers because I knew that it was pretty alternative <laughs> and that... Um, probably most publishers would not be interested yeah. in it unless I'm lucky enough to get a Hay House deal, which, you know, that's, you need a significant following uh, for that. So I decided to self-publish and I asked for some signs for the direction for that. So I was like, okay, help me. How do I get this done? And then reasonably quickly, I had two people refer me to the same person. Yeah. So I was like, okay. This yeah. is it. Yeah. So I then, uh, who's a book consultant, and so she helped me uh, because she had an editor. Yep. Uh, who edited, but it depends again what your readers, uh, what kind of book they're wanting to put out. Because the editor that I had very much was pretty much just picking up typos and grammar. It wasn't. Yeah. I didn't get any substantive editing yeah. done. Uh, and also she had, you know, a layout person who could put it all together and do the, the back yeah. and the, yeah, the show us. And the, yeah, show you pretty, yeah, it's beautiful thing and yeah, do all this, this yeah. stuff as yeah. well. Beautiful. So, uh, that was good because if I had tried to work that myself, it probably would still not be here. So just yeah. to have someone that knew the game. Yeah. Uh, and knew how to, to do it. But I haven't actually, and my husband was saying to me, because I said, I want to write more books. He's like, well, maybe the book you've already got, maybe you should try and kind of publicize that a bit more. Yeah. So when did you publish that? Because it looks so, very tiny and new. I, I know. I published this in July 2020, I think, or maybe 19, 2019, maybe. I should know this thing. I'm not good on detail, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look. July, yeah. I'm, I'm a year out. July 2019. Okay. But yeah. I've only uh, publicised it through my networks, through uh, people I've known. So I haven't actually gone and got a publicist or done any of the things that are probably worthwhile <laughs> to, to do. I understand that though, but I love the, the conversation around publishing because I see a lot of people uh, get very uh, overwhelmed by that one. Actually, it's not overwhelming. You do have to educate yourself. And as you say, there's all sorts of experts out there who you can actually pay to support you through the process as well. And I think it's one of those things where people can fall into the trap of, of not getting the highest quality out of their book because mm. they are afraid of that. And it's actually not scary. Like mm. 
mm. once you've done it once as well, it's, you know, Spiritually Fierce was such a steep learning curve for me. But after that, I was like, yeah, I know how to do this now. And it it is something that I think we should take the time to educate ourselves around. It's always good to hear stories of how people have done it. I self-publish as well. And there's, there's choices in that for me that aren't just about, you know, like you, I've never pitched anything to a publisher, but there is, you know, there's no money to be made in books. God bless them. They're lots of fun, but you'd have to sell a million copies to start seeing any kind of income. So yes. if I want to do that, I want to be able to produce the book I want. I want yes. to be able to have creative authority. I want to be able to, you know, make as much money off it as I can, because if it's through a publisher, I get like, what, 5% of yes. the sale. So yes. I think there's a lot of, uh, there can be a lot of kudos, of course, although I have mm. a lot of issues with Hay House um, anyway, as we can talk about that another time. But even, you know, going with a traditional publishing model isn't necessarily going to be right. And in this day and age, I think even if you get a publishing contract, we know that that doesn't mean they're going to give you any support to get the book out there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it's a really interesting thing. So what what would you want for Pure Energy if if you were going to, you know, give it that love to get it out further? What What's your vision for it? My vision is that it's something that people have and they can highlight and they can, and you will have had this for you when people contact you and they've read your book and it's helped them through a tough time or it's given them hope or suddenly they're excited for life again. Like those are the things that light me up. Yeah. So just having like a little handbook uh, for women and for as many as I mean men can read it too for mm -hmm. as many as I possibly can and going back to what you said around the self-publishing I think one of the benefits of that was that I was very much able to control the print quality yeah. so I found a book that I really liked the look of and then I looked up where it got printed and then I kind of copied it because the book that I found it had like you can't see it here but this is like Kind yeah, of, no, I can um, see embossed I know, I can and shiny, yeah. and the and these are all like yeah, raised yeah. up, yeah. and this is all raised, yeah. and and so it just felt like I wanted it to be something that I loved, yeah. and I was really proud of. Um, but when people buy like the Amazon version of this, mm. they don't get they get just like a normal little printed copy. Yeah. That's so I printed run myself that I then just sell through my website that I can give people the prettier <laughs> version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. And yeah, I think doing a limited edition like that, my next book, the designer has done gold for the title. She said, Ricky, I just want to see at least some of them that it's actually like that embossed mm. real gold and yes. which you don't get through uh, KDP or through Ingram Spark. You've got yes. only limited choices. So I think I'll need to do that as well and just do a limited run to satisfy the designer. Yes. She to see all the pretty gold. Oh, I think so too. And something that I also did is I just had like a little yellow on the inside. Oh, beautiful. Which yeah. I don't know. It's just just something extra and something fun. Yeah, it costs it. more I'll, money to make a bit. Yeah. I'll have to get the details of, of your printer for that run so I can make yes. my own limited edition, gorgeous, sexy version of it. Yes, definitely. Yeah. 
But I think this is, you know, it is this specificity in here and these conversations are so good to help sort of familiarize the process and make people feel less intimidated by the publishing journey because it is, you know, if it's new to you, you're going to learn a lot and it's okay to be uncomfortable and be the person who knows least about what's going on, but to seek that expert support and it might be, you might pay for that substantive or copy edit and invest your money there and then not need to have such a fancy cover it might be more important to have the cover and all of that design done. And, and I think there's choices that people don't realize they have about how much it costs and mm. what's the, what's the intention, what's the outcome. And there's a lot of freedom and choice in that. Yes. So, and there are so many things you learn along the way. And as you said, it was a massive uh, learning curve and same for me, like even like my publishing house is called soul center books. Yeah. Now, who is that? that is me yeah. right so it's like it looks so profesh yeah. but it's nothing it's just yeah. that I've given it a I've given yeah. it a name and I've got a little PO box right yeah. so it's those little things that we don't realize uh that you can just create yeah yeah I love that I'm going to end our interview with a few questions about you so yes. if you're happy to answer those what are you reading right now Oh, I've absolutely loved. I've just finished uh, Wayne Dyer, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, yeah. which Beautiful. is all about the Classic. Tao. You can probably yeah. pronounce it properly. Is it the Tao Te Ching or the Tao Te Ching? Oh, the Tao, yes, yeah. The Tao, the Tao, which is actually interesting because when my guides first came through, they were often talking about the way yeah. and that I'm here to help people remember the way, the way, the way. Uh, and so then I've just picked up this book now and we're like, yeah. oh, he's all talking about the way, the way. Uh, so, yeah, I love that. I mean, I'm, I'm always reading A Course in Miracles. Yeah. It's just yeah. me too. <laughs> next to my bed and I'm just dipping in uh, and out of that, just yeah. heavenly. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're, that's the, they're the two um, that, yeah, that I'm reading at the moment. What is something people misunderstand about you? So probably so many things. <laughs> um, I think that uh, often people will say to me, oh, I don't know how you do it all. Or there's this kind of concept I think that some people have that maybe you're like this superhuman. And I don't say that in a conceited way, but it's like, oh, I'm just exhausted even thinking about all the things you do. But I guess what I want to share about that is that I just don't take myself too seriously and I stuff up every day <laughs> and I make mistakes all the time. Uh, but once we have this lightness and we know that we can never die and that we are here just experiencing, it just like takes the valve of pressure off. Yeah. And it's like just do it, have a go, whatever, just yeah. get amongst it, enjoy and get, get into, get into life. So it's not that I'm, uh, what's the word, superhuman, crazy person that is just running around because people say, oh my God, you must be so busy. Oh, you're so busy all the time. I'm like, it doesn't feel like that to me. Yeah. Just yeah. having fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And if this was the last 24 hours on this planet for you, what would you want us to know? Don't waste it. <laughs> Don't waste this opportunity. There was so much put into 
the, I guess I'll say, make it as a decision, but for you to have come at this time into this body, to have chosen your family structure, to have done all of these things that you chose to incarnate at this particular time. Mm-hmm. And what I really want is more and more humans when we transition and we drop our bodies to really feel like we had a great crack here. Yeah. We had a we jumped out on the on the game field and you know we really gave it and had fun and not to not to regret stuff and not to overthink stuff and not to spend our lives worrying and stressing and living in fear of all the things that may never happen. <laughs> Yeah. And just to lighten up yeah, and have more fun. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Alicia, for your time and your wisdom, for your generous sharing. It's been such a privilege to spend this time with you and get to know you. And now we know we're neighbours. We'll probably have to spend some time together in real life. Please. I would yeah, love that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you, everyone, for being here with us today. to tell you about the Intuitive Intelligence Trainer Certification Program. We are opening up for interviews for our 250-hour trainer program beginning in July 2022 for women and September 2022 for men. The very first time we are welcoming men into the container of this program. This is a gold standard, world-class, groundbreaking training in consciousness and intuitive intelligence development. We train to awaken intuition and consciousness in others, not to read them, not to tell them the answers, but as we do so for ourselves, to develop the intuitive intelligence of those that we serve. This is the key to the spiritual revolution that the world is needing right now. I would be so honored if you would take the time to head to our website, instituteforintuitiveintelligence.com and take a look at the prospectus. You can find all the information you need, including on scholarships that we have available and everything you need to know about your decision to participate in this life-changing work invitation to this program uh, or introduction to the program is by invitation so you will interview with me my name is dr ricky jane adams i am the principal of the institute and it would be my absolute privilege to get to know you and together we can establish if this program is the next best step for your life head to institute for intuitive intelligence.com or just google us and you'll find everything you need